I'm finna put all this in my book bag because I'm from the streets. Yeah, yeah. Boom, what's going on? It's your boy Ambition, and today we are back with actually a real special guest um, and a partner of mine. We're here today with Roland Brown, day trader, entrepreneur extraordinaire. What's going on, Roland? What's going on, Ambition? What's going on, everybody? Glad to be here. Glad to have this talk with you. Roland, a.k.a. Ace Boogie. So if you meet him on his Instagram, it's Ace Boogie. Be respectful, you feel me? Like, and <laughs> how you doing, man? Like, give us a little bit of background on yourself. What is it that you do? I know what you do, but the people got to know what you do. Yeah, first of all, I do a lot of things. I can't be contained in, in one one box called a definition. But um, really, what I've been doing lately that would just which has been making a lot of noise is uh, I, I day trade and I teach other people how to day trade. Um, go into the stock markets, you know, find an opportunity, plan it out, trade it out, and profit. Simple as that. And how long have you been doing that? I've been on it since 2017. So since before the first Bitcoin rush and whatnot, right around that time, um, that's when I really started grinding it out and started making trades. And people, for, for those listening, right, um, Roland is actually a really good friend of mine. And, you know, I've known him for, what, man, going on 10 years, right? Uh, probably more than that. Yeah, right. So he, here's the thing. If you go uh, if you have the pleasure to be on his Instagram page or you know him personally in his Facebook or you're added to his uh, Facebook group where he has just about 200 people watching the trades and, and getting those updates, like he is really about this. Right When I say there's win after win after win posted, and when I say wins, I mean not just rolling, right? It's people on the team that have been through his course and really getting that uh getting that information and getting those wins um what what type of things have you traded in and you know what has inspired you to go into those different fields of trading well you know i traded just about everything um i mainly specialized in the low price stocks like i said earlier the quote-unquote penny stocks um but also i trade uh some of the, the larger cap stocks um, in the form of options trades. And lately I've definitely been getting into a lot of, a lot of crypto, you know, the sheep coins, the Doge coins, all of that stuff. What really inspired me, you know, to get into trading in the first place was just my curiosity. You know, it was a field that I did not know about. I was going in completely green, just researching. My uh, cousin actually asked me about a, stock that was being promoted on Facebook and that's what got me going you know once I get into something that piques my interest you know I, I tend to jump down the rabbit hole and then when I come out you know I come out wearing skins that that listen if, if that ain't true because one minute I knew and when, when Roland says he, he's multifaceted one minute it was HVAC certified. And then he went from HVAC certified to being a salesman for the company, right? And then jumped from that to the day trading and was making waves in day trading, right? Um, I, I remember I took your course a couple of years back and to this day, your course is still the most comprehensive uh, trading course that I've taken. And one thing that I'll always tell people is that it doesn't matter what you're trading, um, 
you know, I know the course is on penny stocks, but what I've been able to learn with penny stocks from you um, has applied to everything that I've looked at, right? The indicators might be a little bit different and things that affect um, the markets might be a little bit different if you jump from penny stocks to blue caps or uh, you jump to crypto or Forex. It might be a little bit different on what affects the market, but the patterns are the same. Would you agree with that? Yes, sir. Um, same, you know, there could be different players, different companies, different time frames. We really trade off a of human emotion and human condition. So we we buy when people are fearful, we sell when people are, you know, euphoric. So those emotions get played out into a form of patterns that we can spot out on the chart and you know profit from. So yes, it's that simple. You're pretty spot on. Good analysis. Um, I right, so let's get into some of your deeper reasoning. Why, what was your why? Like what what really drove you? Because I know you said you you jumped in to the rabbit hole, came out wearing skins, but what what drives that motivation? What's the uh what's the fire behind the man? Um, this is really two things, you know, for myself is time freedom, financial freedom, aka time freedom. You know, I want to do what I want, when I want, with who I want, how I want to, you know, that type of stuff. Also, it's also giving back. You know, a lot of I know a lot of people, especially in, in our community, that just don't know, don't have the, the education or don't know how to go about getting the right education when it comes to this. You know, stocks and investments and things have been hot in social media. And I just don't want everybody to get burned. I want them to have a general understanding to what they're doing because these things can be dangerous. It can be devastating for those who just jump in and not really know what they're doing and they can get crushed. So really that's really the two things but for sure financial freedom because you know you can make a thousand dollars in a couple of hours and just go home and do whatever you want to do you know that that's hey that, that's something real all right um now now i feel like we've handled the business side of the house let's let's see, really yeah. get into um what is it that you do for fun what's your fun looking like right now uh slim to none um i study for fun no i i really uh i enjoy learning actually you know it's some people would find that hard to believe but you know my quest for knowledge um quest for self purpose and whatnot that's what keeps me entertained you know if people say what do you do for fun i think what do you do for entertainment that and you know some little mix of Call of Duty here, a little mix of Madden there and fantasy football, things of that nature. You know, I I really, I don't know. I really just real general about it. You know, I just, I just hang out, man. That's true. Nothing real too big about it. No, that, that's, that's real. I think, you know, at a certain point for, you know, us as people, fun starts to become downtime, right? Like you might spend the entire day being mentally active. You want something that's just going to be smooth and chill. And I definitely respect that. All right, this, this next one is um a, a real good question. I know our listeners are going to be interested in this because we've talked hey, before about you it. get into that, before you get into that, let me add one thing to that. There's one thing that I've started um, a couple of years ago that I've been doing a few years now is, is coaching, coaching youth sports. Um, nice. I, I find that um, enlightening for myself. Um, and there's another way for me to kind of give back to my own community and be a mentor to some of the kids coming up. So that's important, but that's also my entertainment too. I enjoyed myself there. I boom. Well, let's put what I was about to talk to. It says, uh, what sport? Football and track. 
football and track. All right. So a um, little bit of experience with football. I'll tell you all the quick story, right? Like I was on the track team, so I definitely could talk to you about track. Like I was doing that and coach loved me, but the coach was also the football coach. Right. So he said, why don't you come out to the football, uh, football practice? Da, da, da. Look, I went to one practice. Right. Y'all want to know why I went to one practice? What happened? Found out I can't catch. Right. So I, I really couldn't catch it. Everybody was like, man, you can't catch. I was like, I'm sorry. I didn't have a dad out there playing catch with me. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's like one of the worst, though. Like I can work with a kid that can't hit, but if you can't catch. I, yeah. Got to get remediated, man. But listen, I'm 30. I've, I've been remediating all my life. Right. Yeah. I can't catch. I, I throw though. I, I throw a punch. I, uh, <laughs> yeah. Listen, I, I promise you, I'm uh, the 50 Cent and Jay Z throwing the baseball. <laughs> that's you. That's me, son. Oh man, I would. I never guess, man. Just you, from your, you know, your build and whatnot, your physical physique, you know. Uh, yeah. Oh. No, it's really just the the technique behind those things. I don't got none of that, right? I, but physique, yeah. Like I could train, run, punch. I could fight. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's my chosen sport. <laughs> I guess that's all that matters, really, you know. All right, so since we brought up fighting, uh, combat sports, are you into those? For sure, man. All right, so, um, all right, so you, have you seen uh, UFC recently? You kept up with it or no? I haven't seen UFC recently, probably about a month or so. Um, I have seen the last few boxing matches that just came out. Um, so, all right, what was, what was the last good fight that you seen? Uh, I would say uh, Tyson Wilder, Tyson uh, Fury, and uh, Deontay Wilder. You know what? That was a good fight. Yeah, that was a. That was, that was a, a nice one. Yeah. Okay. So, what is? I know there was some controversy in their second fight where a lot of people were saying that Tyson Fury was cheating from how he was hitting, right? the gloves was damn near sliding off. So they thought that he had something in the gloves. Um, pe people could go look that up, right? This ain't the conspiracy podcast. <laughs> That's not what we do here. Let's, let's get it back into the flow of where we was going. Um, so obviously entrepreneur, hustle-minded, how does that work out being a family man as well? Because you are a family man. It's all about... Uh... People say balance. It's all about, you know, incorporating the family into your into your business dealings. You know, you know, I got some other business dealings that I'm doing and, you know, I bring my son along sometimes mm. and I let him see how, you know, business operations happen whenever it's a small business you're trying to build up, trying to do your hustle. Um, as you know, you know, my wife is on this. She she trades better than me half the time. Um, and Listen. She's, she's hey, killing it. Listen. For, for y'all to understand how true what this man just said is, right? I sent them both some stuff on NFTs the other day. And your wife was like, old news. I was like, let me stop, <laughs> right? Let me go to her profile, see what she on. And she was already on the, the, the Steam games that they was releasing as NFTs. And I'm like, okay. Like, no, she really onto something. She's looking for the stuff with functionality already. Right. Because I, I will say this for anybody who is getting into NFTs, there's a couple of different things going on with that market. You can get into art or you could get into functional F NFTs. 
So an example of a piece of art, it would be like Bored Ape. Um, there's Mad Fur Ape that's coming out shortly or Parrot. Uh, I think it's Parrot Bay. Um, those, those are three uh, art-based NFTs. And then you have functional NFTs. So a functional NFT would be like an example of the one I created where it's a full love and sex box webinar or um, Tory Lanez releasing his CD as an NFT and then becoming the fastest platinum selling artist because it sold out and he went platinum in 50 second seconds. Yeah, it was in one minute. That was crazy when I seen the headline. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, everything gets, you know, certified on the blockchain, you know, and then I like the fact, especially with the utility NFTs where you can go ahead and make a residual off of it, off of the resales. I think that's the golden part for artists and people who are trying to, you know, get known because a lot of the artists, they, they get blown up after they're dead, postpart or, you know, uh, after they deceased and whatnot, that's when, you know, Basquiat gets good. That's when Picasso got hot. You know, they want to be able to, most of these artists were poor. They were poor their entire life. And now their right. estate has the, you know, has the fortune, but they, they couldn't do anything like this and, and make the actual money. Right. That's like, um, I'm glad that you said that. You know who came across my, uh, my YouTube feed yesterday and he was speaking some real grown man stuff and y'all ain't going to believe it when I say it. Y'all remember uh, yeah. A Bay Bay? Remember yeah. Hurricane Chris? Chris is on it. Yeah, Chris was on Vlad TV, and I watched it because I was like, "Man, what is this man up to?" And he he was really spitting some real facts about how. Um, and since this is a business uh, podcast, I know this is going to be a pretty interesting topic. Is he was talking about how, you know, the remix that had about seventeen people in it on it cost. 500,000 and that all came out of his money and he's 16 at the time and does not understand money at all, right? And th that being said, listen, if there are any parents out there, this is why you, you may want to check out the courses that uh, Roland is talking about. You may want to go to prep.mogulsuccess.com and check that out so that you can find some information that you can share with your kids, right? Um, I, I, I want to hear your opinion on this. I, I'm personally sick of people that say, oh, they don't teach us how to buy houses in school. They don't teach us how to do taxes in school. They don't teach us how to do this. But a lot of our parents nowadays, a lot of the adults know how to do this information. And if you look, there's courses for kidpreneurs. There's courses to teach kids how to uh, program. There's money courses for kids as well. Um, so I'm starting to feel like this is now becoming a um, a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? The Some of the people saying they don't teach us, don't go learn so they can teach the kids. How do you feel about that? Yeah, um, a lot of people got to get out of the victim mindset. They got to stop waiting for somebody to do something for them. You know, as you mm -hmm. can see over the last couple of years, COVID, you know, can disable a whole entire country. So what are you going to do when, you know, everything else stops? So with that being said, you got to be able to, you got to teach your kids and show your kids directly. You can't trust on this. You can't wait and trust on the school systems. You can't send them to college and set them up for, you know, failure with debt. You can't do any of that because you already went through that. Most of us have gone through that and we know that it doesn't work. 
We know right. what you don't learn. You know what you do learn. You know what's effective. We know what's not effective. We know what set us up for success. We know what didn't. So, you know, take our own, we need to look at our own lives and be objective about it before just throwing our kids into the system, honestly. No, I definitely agree with that. All right, so now we, we, we're going to try to peel off the layers a bit, right? What's, what the got, wild, what's the wildest thing you've ever done? Like, define wild. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... Um, I, I, like I, I, like so uncharacteristic of myself or just outlandish that, when it comes to other people's views, I guess. I, I guess that people wouldn't believe that something you do. Like, for example, one of the wildest things I did was, um, I think I was like 20, 21, and I was in Japan, right? I was in Okinawa. And um, no, met up with this girl. We was trying to, you know, do whatever, but you know how the military was. You can't really go nowhere in your room. Couldn't go back to her crib because she was um a military brat. So definitely wasn't going to walk up in no uh senior enlisted's house or the warrant yeah. officer's house, right? Um, so we was driving around Okinawa butt naked in her car, <laughs> trying to find a place to park <laughs> and do our thing. You're right? already naked driving. Already naked, fully yeah, dropped. That's wild. That's wild. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. So the wildest thing I did, and I'm not going to get into too many details with this, is snuck into Mexico. Hey. And back. Hey. <laughs> and back. <laughs> I would say that's probably the wildest thing I did. You, all right. So... You say snuck into Mexico, like via via tunnel. Get the fuck out of here! Yeah, El Chapo. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Something like that, <laughs> man. Yeah, man. Okay, that was that, that was wild. That and I was and I was in the military at the time. Oh yeah, because I that could have went much worse. <laughs> okay, yeah. so Roland also has a risk management portion of his uh. His course, and, and as you can see, he is pretty well versed in what is a uh, high risk situation. Definitely have a high risk profile. Um, oh man, you, sure. you're telling me. I think I do too, man. Um, I I don't got any sneak into Mexico stories, but man, actually, I'm not gonna tell that story right now. But I gotta <laughs> I'm not gonna tell that. Story. You know how you got certain stories you don't tell. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that that's that's one of those. Um all right, so it's the what cool that that was pretty wild. I don't I don't think I could top that. All right, so what what was it like when you got into Mexico? Did you party? Was it girls? Oh yeah, yeah, it was some partying going on down there. Um just, you know, it's just one of them one of them days you just had to take care of some business, get in, get out, have some fun, you know, that type of stuff. Man. My man's, my man's. All right. Aside from that, what's the wildest thing you ever did in the States? It's crazy. I, I don't even know. I, I guess I could say I do the traditional. I went skydiving. That's the wildest thing I did. Uh, yeah, that's not traditional. That's still wild. Yeah, like, yeah it's people... still wild. I don't think it's wild, though. Like, I don't know. I'm... Motherfucker, it's jumping out of a fucking plane. Yeah. Plane. That's, 
That's wild. Yeah. Like, let true. that parachute not work. We got a backup. <laughs> we got a backup. <laughs> All right, so That's definitely like, a, a I, go, I go off I go off of probabilities. Like, okay, the first shoot don't work. Okay, what's the probability that both shoots won't work? I mean, that's gotta be a high odds that both of them don't work. But I right, you know what my thing is with, with parachuting or the, the skydiving. I, I know in real life, while we down on the ground, while we on the ground and both of our feet are on the ground, I got a lot of people that don't like me. I'm not gonna go in the air. <laughs> yeah, we might. Nah, I'm, I'm nah. I'm too paranoid. I'm too paranoid. What's crazy about that is, um, we went in groups of two, so it was me. We went, had to go tandem, so the instructor was on my back, whatever. Mm. And we went in groups of two, so um, somebody else and their instructor was in the plane with me and my instructor, and they went out first. So we went out, you know, we do our thing. We fly floating down by the land. And our, my instructor's like, hey, why is he still on the ground? <laughs> I'm like, I don't know, man. Like, he's just sitting there. He was sitting there. It wasn't like he was, like, laid out dead or anything like that. But he was just sitting up, like, you know, the waist up, just sitting on the ground, like, looking sad. We get to the ground. We land. Turns out the guy didn't land correctly. You're supposed to put your feet up. He didn't put his feet up. He tried to, you know, be cool and run it out. And broke his ankle. Yeah, see? Yeah. <laughs> see that? I, and I, listen, I done rolled my ankles walking. Yeah. I'm good. <laughs> I'm good on that one. But you know what? This this does talk to something that is very poignant. I think I, I do believe I have a high risk profile as well. Um, I might not be jumping out of planes, but just in terms of the chances I'm willing to take in life. Right. Um, and I do think that is a part of the secret sauce that makes a great entrepreneur. What's your opinion of that? 100% agree. You know, what did Alec Baldwin say? You, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take, something of that nature. But yeah, you, you got to take shots. You got to be risky or you're never going to grow. You don't grow inside your comfort zone. There's no risk inside your comfort zone. So, you know, well, you got to take the jump. You know, everybody tells you this. It's not a secret. I don't think it's a secret anymore. Everybody knows that they're just afraid of actually doing it. So what would you say to somebody who is in the mindset of, you know, I'm going to my nine to five every day. I hate my job. Maybe they, um, you know, coming down to the end of my military career, I was pretty much like this. I was driving to work. I'd sit outside of work real quick for about five to 10 minutes. And now I'll throw a whole mini tantrum in the car, beat the hell out of the steering wheel. Ah! Right. And then go in and pretend like nothing happened. What, what, what do you say to that person? Be honest with yourself and start working on the exit plan because it's only going to get to a point of inflection. It's going to go one way or the other. You're either going to conform and lose yourself and just turn into a zombie or you're probably going to explode. So, you know, you know, if you know you don't like your job, you know, you don't like where you're at, relationship, whatever, you know, you apply this to many parts of life. You got to, you know, plan your exit, plan your exit. Don't, don't do anything unplanned. Don't jump out on the limb and, and, be uh asked out you know especially if you have responsibilities kids and you know mortgage things of that nature but um you know a lot of people they just they don't sacrifice you got to sacrifice you know while i was learning how to trade i had my nine to five i'll come home wake up in the morning 7 a.m in the morning uh go to work 
be done around five, you know, eat dinner. And then from, you know, 7 p.m. to about three, four o'clock in the morning, it was on. I was studying. I was watching video lessons. I was looking at historical charts. I was trying to identify patterns. No one wants to burn the candle at both ends because there's the comfort zone. You know, they, they want to sleep. They want to watch TV. They want to be on Netflix. They want to be on Squid Games. They, they want to be too much on 2K. You know, you got to sacrifice something if you want to get yourself where you aren't that, where you're not at right now. Right. And I'll even add a little bit to that. Look, a lot of you have jobs where you sit down behind a computer anyway. Use their time, right? Definitely. Most jobs are task oriented anyway. Yeah, they say they pay you hourly, but they know good and goddamn well you're not working on your job for the full eight hours that you're there. And some of y'all are working from home right now. Capitalize on the time that you have. Um, uh, One thing that you said that I'm probably a little bit opposite on fuck that jump out the window right even if you i i'm i'm one of those jump out the window people and when i say jump out the window a lot of people are cautious to tell people uh you know don't take the chance when you know that you don't have anything else but what what i'm saying is the the amount of attention that you can pay to your uh hustle or what you may be going into when you finally do jump in whole ass to that so if you got uh pto and you could take a month of just focusing on your business and not working and i'm not talking about take the month rest for a couple i'm talking about no work just as hard for you as you would them if you get those times that's what's going to help your business your hustle elevate level up level up level up until you are to a point where you feel comfortable um that i think that's the only thing with me right so i i have no no fear of just completely leaving a job but yeah. that that also happened to me last year I, I told the story often um my best friend shot and died last year i go to new york before i go to new york companies oh we love everything you do you're awesome keep doing what you're doing i get back after taking four days off right and i'm going through something traumatic and it's not even like um you know, a week or two. It's not like it's a month after I get back. They hit me with a performance improvement plan as I got back. And I really think that was based off of we had a project that was going on and they really didn't want me to take the time off. But as soon as they hit me with the performance improvement plan, I said, yo, I quit. And I didn't have anything um, planned. I didn't have anything lined up. I took my $20,000 credit card and lived off of that uh, for the next month. And then I just said, look, Here's a hundred resumes I sent out and I didn't get a hit back from a job. I got a hit back from a contract and the contract was with a fortune 50 company. And, you know, that helped me set some stuff up with my business because now I have a corp to corp contract where I'm getting these um, checks from the uh, directly to my business. I'm paying myself. I'm now self-employed. If I want to take a day off, I just tell them, yo, I'm not coming in. Right. Yeah. And you know, those are some of the opportunities that are out there for people as well. Um, I hear that story. And, um, you know, I still think that you were well prepared. You were still well prepared for that because you were well yeah, prepared mentally. So when I say, you know, be strategic on your exit, I mean, and go ahead and get the knowledge base now to know at least, you know, what direction you're going to head in as far as, you know, entrepreneurial, whether you're going to go into another job or look, just know which direction you're going to head before you jump out the window. No, that's, that's what I say. 
I think what, what happens though with a lot of people who are business minded or entrepreneurially focused, there's a fear of the worst, right? Um, but there's a lot of us, uh, I believe you're one of these people as well, where we don't came from the worst, right? We've been in, you know, low situations. Um, man, I, I could remember there was days where I would skip eating because I needed to pay gas money. And then I try to hustle something and, and just get a meal. However, I got a meal. Right. <clears throat> and or there was, you know, coming up and you you just come up in a rough neighborhood. Right. And I don't know if anybody has ever made this correlation. Like, I think being being a kid in an urban neighborhood is pretty damn close to being homeless, if you ask me. <laughs> right? It's pretty damn, not because you don't have a home to go to, but really because you never in that motherfucker. Yeah. Right? And, right, you always outside. And when I say it's pretty close to being homeless, most of the time you may have money or you may not have money. And if you have money, it's not from anything consistent, right? Um, I think that's what the fear is, right? We, we get into these situations where we've nested. And one of the things that uh, one of my mentors said to me, um, and you know who I'm talking about, life. Life said this to me, he's like, look, we got people out there that's real comfortable taking casket chances, right? So a lot of us is, is comfortable if we stand in front of a gun, but we're not comfortable to stand in a corporate room or stand in a, a, a corporate meeting and have those conversations. We don't wanna feel stupid. We don't wanna feel like we're less intelligent uh, than everyone else in the room, or we don't want a failing grade. He said, yo, how many people do you know is afraid of a test, but they not afraid to pull a trigger or have a gun pulled on them? I was like, damn, it's a lot, lot of people that I know like that, right? Yeah. Um, so my, my point there is just that the worst things that can happen to us have probably already happened to us. I got you. <clears throat> I can agree with that. All right. So last th this we could start wrapping it up from here, but this this question um is a pretty important one. I think I asked everybody this. Um what's your major goal? Like where where do you see yourself going? Um not really five to ten years, but what's the tippy top? What's the big dream that you think someone will look at you like you're crazy for? Well, I, I want to be a mogul. You know, as far as um, as, as far as business wise, you know, I want to set up multiple businesses. Some of them I'll keep. Some of them I'll sell to other people. Set up real estate, real estate, um, and just live off of residual income. I, I really don't want too much. I just want to build something that I can leave generationally to my family. Mm. and live comfortably into our past is what it is so you know what's crazy about that is when when we had these conversations at 21 or while you're in the military right there may be a bunch of veterans listening to us and i remember having this conversation and i was you know an e3 or having these conversations and i'm 16 and people around you looking at you like you're crazy for wanting this the simple things that you've just described right if people only understood how easy it is to build a business, right? Because building a business isn't hard. A business is a transactional uh, process. 
you have to have a product or a service to be able to sell someone continually. Um, just that and the idea of being a mogul, which means that you're doing this well, right? And well on your way. But let's say you were having this conversation and you're not your current age. Let's say it's, fair to say, I wanna say about 15 years ago, if you had said the same thing 15 years ago, would the people around you have encouraged you or would they have uh, looked at you like, oh, well, you know, you got a long way to go. You got to go do this. You got to go do that. Your attitude's a little fucked up. I don't know how you're going to be successful. How, what, what do you think the reaction would have been 15 years ago if you said some of these same things? Man, it's, it's crazy. I'm blessed. My circle's always been tight. Nice. As far as family, friends, associates, everybody that I always associated myself with you know, has always been on an elevated mindset, you know, versus their peers. You know, even when I was doing my dirt and my bad stuff, I was still being intentionally good with it. You know, I'm still, you know, good hearted at the same time. So, you know, I'm pretty blessed. You know, I, they would have told me the same thing. I would have had encouragement. That's what I had. I had encouragement around that time. And that's probably why I'm here where I'm at right now, honestly. And just keeping yourself around that same mindset, never being the smartest person in the room type stuff. Um, and having someone that's having people around you that's encouraging and, and knows where you want to go and, and, and how, how to get there. Not necessarily how to get there, but knows where you want to go and the right type of environment that needs to be in place for you to get there. That's very important. I, I really do like that you said that because I did not have that <laughs> when I was, um, I think I was 17. Right. And my whole family knew I was going in the military because I, I made that decision when I was 15 and I started training with recruiters when I was 16. Right. You, you, you and I both know they can't sign you up for nothing at 15 and 16, but they was just, they was so impressed by my motivation and the fact that I said, no, I'm, this is what I'm doing. I'm getting the fuck out of Brooklyn. I'm going with y'all. Right. Um, <laughs> so when I, I was 16, I went to Boston, I'm sitting in the kitchen with my family and my older cousin, like she's a fully grown woman. You're not going to succeed in the military with that attitude. You're going to fail. I'm like, yo, <laughs> bitch i'm 17 is that what you're supposed to say to a 17 year old what's wrong with you so what what would you say hey, would jay-z say she's on the list she's on the list <laughs> <laughs> she's on the list i might cut this clip out and send it to her fuck you <laughs> um yeah because i'm really that petty i'm like 50 cent level petty i'm not even gonna hold you bro um but what would you say to that 17 year old or that 15 year old the um even maybe they're not 17 and 15. Maybe it's that guy that, you know, he he just got out of, you know, serving a two-year bid and now he's 24 and he thinks his life is down the drain because he's already got a record. What, what would you say to people who think that they're down and out because people around them have told them they ain't shit? Hey, just like one of my latest courses, the art of buying the fucking dip. Hey. When you're at the rock bottom, you think you can't go no lower, that's where you go nowhere but up. You go nowhere but up. And what I tell them is, hey, you know, 
you 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 did what you did okay boom or you're in the situation now you're out of that situation boom <clears throat> so you know what now like what do you want to keep doing this or do you want to be better you, you got to make a decision you know and i was i was talk to him you know man to man or man to woman whoever it is man to child and just ask them some questions as far as like hey what do you want to do what do you like what don't you like with something that drives you with something that makes you laugh just get to know the person and try to cultivate them and see if i can personally fit them into uh, a section or a category that i know that they'll be successful at as far as you know mm -hmm. business wise or you know even job wise man i love that you said that right tying it back into the art of buying the fucking dip which is pretty dope because that is a viable <clears throat> investment strategy and even the fact that we're talking about this investment strategy and how they apply to people. So it's how the those patterns really do apply to people. Would you say that there's a, because we, you said earlier that we buy based off of people's emotions. So this is where it kind of can get a little bit um, nerdy and a bit philosophical for people out there. Um, we buy off of people's uh, emotions and we're following patterns. So people's emotions follow patterns. Um, would you say that uh, learning how to day trade and learning how to invest is really about understanding people and understanding um, when to invest in people and then even being able to apply that to when to invest in yourself to prepare yourself for what's going to happen next? How well do you think those skills transfer? Yeah, I think there's a, a definite correlation between, you know, learning that in stock trading and then seeing that uh, psychology play out in people in actuality. Um, ever since I've been trading and really been doing the technical analysis portion of trading, um, I've noticed that I've observed a lot of other things very differently now. Mm -hmm. Everything I look at is in patterns, even with people in, in their psychology. So, you know, people, like you said, they get down to their lows, their lows, their lows. You know, there's nowhere you can go but up. It's just, it's the same thing. It's, it's, it's crazy now that you say it out loud like that. But um, yeah, I, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even, you know, really even knew, or I wouldn't even known how that even applied if you wouldn't have said anything like that. Man, which, so that's why everybody listening, right? You definitely want to keep tuning into the MYFB podcast and you definitely want to make sure that you go check out the show notes so that you can follow my guy, Roland Brown, a.k.a. Ace Boogie. And uh, you heard the uh, the story of uh, sneaking into Mexico. So that's not Ace Boogie for no reason. Shout out to AZ. Um, if you know, you know. Um, and you definitely want to make sure that you follow him because my man is going nowhere but up. And the way that I've seen you pay attention to markets um i'll be honest I, i'm riding along because i i want to start, start taking my investing seriously i'm not somebody who takes investing seriously i like automated investing i don't want to touch it see it right because um emotionless yeah right and i know when i'm looking at it my my avarice will get the better of me if i'm looking at it right mm -hmm. i'll try to get the like go up go up right yeah um so that's another reason that i follow your system uh and that 
you know, I love the support group that you've set up, um, both in the Discord server and the Facebook community. Are you still doing the Discord server or is that discontinued and we're just doing the Facebook community? No, that's a that's live. And um, that's another promo that we're kind of actually offering that G5 trades is if you take the course, take the full course, you get added, the first hundred gets added to the Discord for, you know, no subscription fees, you know, lifetime membership. So nice. I'm building up that community because I'm also, I, I need the community, you know, I only have two eyes, you know, I only can look at the markets, but so much. So if you have a hundred eyes on the market that knows exactly what I'm looking for, you know, everyone's on the same page, same sheet of music, you know, it'll be that much better for everybody in that community. So, so. And I definitely want to close out on this note because we talked about the community <clears throat> and, you know, this has been a subject of conversation in my house with where there are different types of imposter syndrome. And one that is really, really prevalent is the, I have to do it on my own. If I don't do it on my own, then I can't prove my value, right? So for everybody that's listening, Fuck that. If you get rich in a group or you get rich by yourself, you still rich. Right. And it doesn't make the money any less valuable. Right. It's not like you're going to go out and chill on a yacht and go, man, this is less valuable because I didn't get here myself. You're not going to do that. <laughs> right. Nobody does that. Do, do you know anybody that got no. rich in a group that's just like, man, I wish I no. Rich people like rich friends because they get to do what they want when they want. They don't have to take off work and shit like that. So listen, a, a big a big reason for me building the businesses the way that I built them is Uncle Murder said, you don't know who the boss is. Pull up whole crew shiny. You don't even know who the boss is, right? I, I think about some of the people that I grew up with. I want them to be rich. I want to be rich with my people. I want to be rich with like-minded people, right? Um because you might start making some money and you start showing up in circles and find out that you don't fit in real quickly. <laughs> right? Has that happened to you? Actually, right, right before we close it out, have that, has that happened to you? Not really. Um, I'm, I'm a chameleon. I can fit in almost anywhere just with my sales background and my openness. But, you know, it hasn't happened to me, but I definitely see value in putting your friends on and getting them to start their own businesses and becoming valuable. That's that's the move right there. That should be the wave. That should be the next quote unquote challenge. I bet I dig you with being a chameleon, right? Because I think I've done that pretty well too. Um, you remember my suited and booted days? Like I was smiling, haircut, custom suit, look like yeah. you know, freshly shaved, right? <laughs> and I'm not doing none of that. <laughs> um, but. Uh, the what what my question goes is even with being a chameleon right is that a comfortable state or you know do you show up in some spaces and you, you fit in but you're not comfortable i don't think i mean i'm comfortable with being uncomfortable so it's hard mm. for me to really even judge that but um i definitely have a level of openness that i'm willing to uh, go to if I'm more comfortable in my aspect. If I'm around my friends, then my friends, my friends know when I'm around them. I mean, that's like that with everybody. Right. Um, but if you go around certain people, you know, if you don't really know them, I mean, at the end of the day, you got to protect your interests. Right. You got to be a bit more tight lipped. It's, yeah. that, that's pretty much been like my whole military career and even <laughs> in corporate. Like, I'm like, oh, you don't want to drink with us? No, I do not drink. Uh, I, I don't drink. 
For all you know, I don't drink. For yeah. all you know, I don't smoke. For all you know, I don't do nothing but come here, work, and go home, sleep, so I could come back here. That's and what do I a damn good job. Right. That's all I need job. you to know. <laughs> right. All right. So, in the spirit of wrapping it up, right? I, I love this podcast. This is probably one of my favorite episodes, and you, you are probably one of my favorite guests. Um, and it, this is really, if you guys listen to the last ten episodes probably because we're most the most closely aligned right like even throughout you know the time that I've known you the things that you do the things that you the way that I see you move again um somebody that I feel very closely aligned to um in ways of thinking and all of that so definitely one of my favorite episodes so I will promote the fuck out of this episode and for anybody that has listened I hope that you've taken all the gems because Roman was definitely dropping bombs uh, do you have any closing notes, any finale, uh, final statements or ideas for the people? Uh, uh, yeah, um, definitely, you know, check me out, see what I have to offer, see, you know, what we teach, what you get and why it's worth it. And um, if you have any questions, definitely hit me up. I'm, I'm very open. Like, that's one thing that all of my students, followers, supporters can say is you can hit me up two o'clock in the morning. If I'm up, I'm probably going to respond. So, you know. I'm very open and definitely check me out. That's, That's a one verified that... fact, right? Like I've called Roland and he he's go, hold on, I'm on the call. I'm on a live with a student. I'm like, bro, it's nine o'clock on my time and it's midnight where you at. <laughs> you do it. Yeah, facts. That That's real. So thank you for coming on. Um, Hopefully it won't be the last time. You know, I like to have a repeat visit. So uh, we got to touch base when you uh, start building some more companies, when you have some more things in the works and every time you drop something new, come back to us, man. Let's talk. Uh, definitely, man. Deeper conversations and let's figure out uh, some other Mexico trips. <laughs> Appreciate you having me. All right, thank you. And for everybody listening, go be great.